0: Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Strafford, Michael Palmer and Brandon Jones with you on this episode. We're going to be talking about a media conference that Mike and I attended up in Boston. A couple of presenters there that really brought uh, the idea of uh, what's ahead of us this year in 2017 and more trends to talk about in media and uh, in turn what we can see here in education. But first, I do want to touch on Brandon. How are you? It's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke. What's new in your world?
1: Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm. I uh, am excited to talk about uh, about a trip to Boston. I lived in Boston for ten years. I mm-hmm. uh, got a lot of Boston love. Sure. Um So, uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm doing well, and I'm. Uh, I'm on the edge of my seat, uh, waiting to uh, to hear about uh, the trip. I- I've heard a little spoiler alert. Yeah, I've actually already heard. But right. it's, so, I, so I want, I'm. I'm excited about talking about the trip. For I sure. Say.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you're assuming the persona of of like the ingenue. You're, yes. you're our
1: ingenue. I sure am. Yeah. When when am I not? What?
2: I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would say uh, I typically play that role, but sure, I'll I'll take it here.
2: Uh, no, but no, Dan, just to clarify, you play more the babe in the woods. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. 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 If yeah. we're gonna be specific about it, got it. Um, no. So Mike, uh, for yourself, you traveled up, traveled back, more work travel, but uh, it was good work travel uh, yes. up here in Boston. Uh, a good time though, and a lot of lot of media to take in uh, at that event.
2: Yes, and uh, you were mentioning. I guess implicit in that was was there any leisure or pleasure? And there was like a a little bit in that the the event was at the Fairmont Copley Square, mm-hmm. which was right across the street from the Boston Public Library, which I got a little time in. That library is gorgeous. Nice. Oh yeah. my god! Like I'd never been to that part of Boston before. Like yeah. the Copley S- it's nice up there.
1: Sure is. Very Tony, very like Tony, like uh, Shishi posh. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's a, a, some Tonys that live down in uh, hey, and, Tony and, in the south, in, so, in the south <laughs> and southy as well.
2: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no Boston. Uh, I every time I go back, I like it. You know, I don't get tired of Boston. Yeah, you know, I guess it's because I haven't, I didn't get a lot of time up there, and um, it's a nice contrast. It's more. It's more manageable than the big city that is New York. It, it kind of, uh, I feel similarly about D.C. too. Like it's nice to have, like almost like the mid-sized city because mm. uh, you can, you can kind of get all of it pretty easily in a few days you yeah know, you can kind of get a good feel for the geography and you know me Brandon I love that dirty water
1: <laughs> I do know you yeah that's true it's yeah. a true statement that's like a
2: song for yeah. Red Sox fans it's, yeah it's Yeah, it's Drop one, Murphy's. one yeah.
0: I have to deal with a bit too often uh, living up this way but uh, especially being a Yankee fan but uh, we, we can move past that uh, as we, I can appreciate that um, but we uh, that's my entire in-laws usually boo me when I walk in the door but uh mm-hmm. We uh, talked through uh, all this uh, event was focused on video, but video uh, streaming. Mike, you presented, um, you know, talked about uh, video live streaming and the idea of. Um, how we integrate live interactivity and all those into the way video plays. Uh, Interesting topic that we've talked about here before, but I thought in attending myself that we're already seeing a lot of the trends pick up pace and move forward so quickly. What was your overall reaction to all the speakers and your time up on stage presenting and the feedback you got uh, on the idea of live streaming, interactivity and, and the education space?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, I thought it was really interesting to be at a media conference representing a learning company uh, because a lot of the organizations that were there were either media companies uh, themselves or marketing functions within larger enterprises and then some like uh, training folks within uh, bigger enterprises as well. So it's like those were the three primary folks who were talking about how they use video. And uh, I did like both the opportunity to present and also the opportunity to present from the perspective of helping uh, as many people learn as possible uh, and doing that leveraging live. Because uh, I, it's always good to go to these types of conferences to get a sense of where you fit and how you stack up against other organizations. And it was, uh, It was it was nice, honestly, to see that what we're doing with live is sort of is a little bit further ahead in some places. And then I think what we could be doing to to train and develop using video, uh, I think we're really kind of early stage, like how we can train and develop our own workforce. Um, And uh, we all know, like we have folks who are really hungry to learn and we, uh, you know, we really have a great culture here here at Kaplan. So, like, I'm looking forward to to that opportunity. So. so it's a combination of you know uh, uh, almost reassuring me that we're on the right track and that we're ahead in the right places, but then also identifying the the places where I think there's some quick wins uh, if we could turn uh, turn some of our capabilities that we're doing great work on outside, turn them inward, uh, which is very much on trend with a lot of the things that uh, that we've been focusing on. Like it's a world where you need to continue to upskill. We're a learning organization with a unique position to to sort of help drive that change. And I think the the quick wins are going to be just turning that capability uh, inward. And then as we mature that, you know, start to think about new ways to take that outside. So I, I thought it was a great couple of days up there. Always a pleasure to see you, Dan. I appreciate that.
0: We want to talk a bit about one of the, the keynote speakers. They called it a, a blockbuster speaker in a little bit uh, about... Uh, Some of his predictions does it every year, but want to touch on that. But I do want to follow up Mike's point of, uh, and I I think it's just so evident now, but it's nice to be reinforced of how video is just a part of our everyday lives and video is going to continue to grow and be a part of it. And what we do here and what uh, we even do with the podcast using a video platform uh, is uh, a fun way to see it move forward. And this uh, conference really, you know, made that evidence that uh, video is a large part of everything we do every day. And to your point about the ACT partnership and reaching them on mobile device and, and all those things, it was great to get out and, and hear other people talk about the challenges they have, but how video is becoming more and more increasingly uh, the solution. Uh, now, Mike, that uh, keynote speaker, I'll say, they called it a blockbuster, uh, was uh, Rohit uh, Bargava. And uh, he is a trend curator by trade. Uh, he ha- is the author of The Non-Obvious. Uh, he talks about uh, trends each year. Uh, Mike pointed out he publishes a book in January uh, that looks at each year's trends that he is predicting. They are non-obvious trends. Uh, but at this conference, they did call him a-, a blockbuster speaker, not a keynote speaker. And that leads us to our quiz. I was
2: wondering where, when the quiz was going to come in. So that, yeah.
0: For those of you who uh, don't get to see it, and obviously, Brandon, I I was just doing a little Muppet dance to that theme song. I was very happy that it played properly here as we Mm. uh, go into quiz time. And uh, being they called him a blockbuster, our quiz is about Blockbuster. It's about Blockbuster Video Store. So Mm. I'm going to give you Jeopardy style clues. I just need to to get you, don't need to answer in the form of a, a question, but I'm going to give you a statement that I need an answer from you. Are you gentlemen ready?
2: Yes, let's
0: do it. In 1985, the first blockbuster store opened in this Texas city. It's currently the third most populous city in the
2: state. Number three in Texas. Number three in Texas. So Houston's like one, I think. Definitely right? one. And Dallas has got a Dallas or San Antonio. San
1: Antonio. San Antonio's two. I think that's yeah. Do you think
2: Dallas is three?
1: I think Dallas could be 3. I think Dallas is smaller than San Antonio and bigger than Austin.
2: And Dallas sounds like the right answer. I like Dallas more than San Antonio. The big D. Yeah, we're going with the big D. What is what is Dallas, Texas? That is correct. Oh, nice. Nice. That's to good work. teamwork. It's worth it right when you're
0: not really confident. I, I agree. Mean, yeah. I agree. All right. Next question or next statement. Blockbuster beat this gaming giant in 1987 court case that helped pave the way for video rentals.
1: I hope Mario and Luigi were happy. Well, it's interesting. So they could have been happy if not the console that that had them on it, but some other console Ooh, was beaten. Interesting. I mean, that's that's like going. That's 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 too many that's turns around the crank. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not yeah. that much of a jerk when it
1: comes. Dan to is those. the. <laughs> is, Dano is our uh, is our trivia master. I yeah. think that um, what is uh, Nintendo would be my answer to that. That is nice. a correct answer. Nintendo
0: yeah. is the correct answer. Uh, up next, in 2005. Blockbuster attempted a hostile takeover of this competitor. The effort failed, which most likely led Billy Joel singing,
1: Say Goodbye to blank. Say goodbye to Hollywood. Mm, that would be so. There's, a, there's another word in the correct answer, though, I think, right? Video? I think that's the one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a correct answer. Hollywood Video was the Hollywood
0: correct answer.
2: Video. Nice. Nice. And and thanks for the Billy Joel reference. Is this like, a, this is a recurring theme? It's a
0: callback because I yeah. didn't get to reference him previously when yeah. I brought him up. So
2: You didn't start the fire. You just asked a lot of Billy Joel questions. That's, yeah,
0: that's yeah. fair. I, I couldn't work Back to the Future into this quiz, so mm. I, I might as well go to one callback. In the year 2002, Blockbuster signed a 20-year partnership with This Energy, Commodities, and Services Company based in Houston, Texas. The partnership lasted only a few months. Perhaps I was lucky for Blockbuster as the partner became known for corporate fraud and they mm. for the Sarbanes-Oxley Act of 2002. Yeah,
1: yeah. so but this is real. This is like shout out to all our people from Texas. Yeah, man. All of our uh, all of our ex uh, uh, energy giants are from Texas. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a song? All my exes all live my in Texas. Yep. Who yeah. is dancing in you know that? That yeah. was ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, that was for those of you still listening who didn't just hang up the pod mid pod. <laughs> Uh, that was Dan. I think that's going to be Enron. Yeah, baby. That is correct. Enron. And Enron. There was Enron Field in, in Houston for was. a while. Right? And then it became Minute Maid Park or is, was that? That's right.
2: That's, yep. Yeah. Yeah nailing it you're like on fire last, i know i know my houston keep giving them texas H-town. questions. A go, of, go cougs of, a lot of texas questions yeah. Yeah. this
0: is not a texas question it's our last one uh, i'm out <laughs> in 1994 this media conglomerate purchased blockbuster for 8.4 billion dollars after the video chain stock tumbled after a split with cbs corporation 2005 it is currently comprised of bet mtv and paramount pictures
2: that's viacom right you are correct Viacom uh, is the answer. I was yeah. waiting because Dan was looking for, I, w- I couldn't tell if the buzzer was coming. Yeah. It's like I saw you reach for something. A new,
1: a new right. space. It's like a delayed third strike call. Like, <laughs> exactly. Um, he was selling this was, it. Yeah. Yeah, this, is, this is a good outcome for, uh, for us. So
0: five out of five, uh, making the, uh, a small joke here, they, they did not refer to the keynotes as keynote speakers. They referred to them as blockbusters, uh, which got me thinking of the old video chain store and actually works in there being a video conference as it were. But uh, Mike, uh the uh blockbuster speaker who we we do want to touch on Rohit Bargava uh talks about Uh, the non-obvious trends. The the non-obvious is what he calls his book. He releases one every year. Um, So he does this work and and projects out for the year. A really interesting take uh, on what's coming in the year uh, ahead. Uh, You presented to me because I actually didn't get to see this keynote when we were up there. Uh, But really, maybe a different take on how to project forward and what's coming next uh, in a a variety of uh, sectors.
2: Yeah, I I thought uh, Rohit was an interesting cat. I got a chance to talk to him a bit. Uh, afterwards, and I'm hoping we can get him back on the show uh, downstream. So uh, Rohit, uh, if you're listening, uh, we do have uh, have a seat available for you here, and we're, we'd, be, we'd love to to be able to dig in a little further with uh, Trend Curator. Um, yeah, his process is interesting. He really went into depth on the process, uh, and I like that he looks for trends that are non-obvious and that he also scores himself every year. So in addition to looking at the trends that he's forecasting for the upcoming year, uh, he also has a rubric. It's all about rubrics, uh, as you guys know. So he has a rubric to score how effectively he did forecast uh, the trends that were coming. Uh, so I thought that that was something that was useful, for, I think, for us as a, as a, a growing uh, trend spotting concern. Uh, I thought it was useful for us to, uh, to be inspired by somebody who's really established himself and his brand uh, doing this type of work. Uh, And then I also thought uh, many of the trends that he identified were uh, provocative, intriguing, and uh, uh, non-obvious. So I thought it'd be useful for us to think about them and maybe think about them from the lens of learning, because I think the seven out of the 15 that he highlighted were the ones that he thought were most relevant uh, to video. Uh, so that's what he did for that particular uh, keynote or blockbuster, and I thought we could maybe, you know, try to extend on that and see, like, mm, which one of the, which ones of these are most relevant to the type of work that we do uh, as an educational company focused on learning.
0: I think uh, that's a great place to start. And uh, there are 15, if you're interested, the book is out there. Uh, he is also uh, on LinkedIn and does a lot of writing on LinkedIn, if you're interested in following up on on his writing. But uh, Mike, to you, which one stands out the most? Like, where, where, where do you want to begin the discussion about these non-obvious trends?
2: Well, I mean... I like going through the entirety of the list first because uh, I've listened back to some of these uh, podcasts and I think for the listeners, it's probably easier to hear them all first so that you can process what we're going to talk about and then we can go back and dig in on the ones that we think make the most sense. So the first one he talked about was what he called the loyalty program myth, which is when you become uh, a member at like a, a Rite Aid or Dwayne Reed, uh, you know, are you actually loyal? Probably not. That's why he's calling it a myth. We'll come back to that one. Didn't find that one too intriguing. Fierce femininity. A lot to talk about on the fierce femininity front. Uh, I know both you guys have uh, fierce uh, children who are uh, growing, and that's probably something we could talk about. Virtual empathy, uh, which is the idea of using VR and other uh, video and new media capabilities to help people, empathize with uh, things they may not have empathized with otherwise. So the example they had was Facebook developed a VR uh, simulation where you could understand what it's like to be a cow uh, so that you can understand. Was that the, in- so you included some slideies yeah. in the note. I, yeah. I was I was trying to see, was that a dog or that was a cow? I think that was a cow. Oh yeah. Although the nice thing is once you do the cow VR, you kind of have the dog VR. You got the do- right. Except it's a more lethargic dog. Right. You know? Right. So I think it was a cow you might, You know, a dog, you probably would run around more than a cow. Because there's the
1: guy um, on his hands and knees wearing goggles. It's very
2: strange. Yeah, he was, uh, I think he might have been ruminating.
1: Yeah. Because that's what 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 cows cows do. do.
2: Yeah, Yeah, there you go. Uh, Invisible technology was another one, uh, which is the the idea of zero UI. uh, And uh, the... uh, The idea that more and more, you know, we're so dependent on our phones and the apps that we have in our lives, but more and more, uh, that's going to go away to the point where you'll just have your phone in your pocket and you won't necessarily need to pull it out to open up an app, to open a door. For example, you won't need a UI. You'll be able to just do it yourself. Uh, that's where he talked about ultrasonic haptics, which, uh, you had me at ultrasonic haptics, Mm. uh, Rohit. And then, uh. Desperate detox is the idea where we're in a world of uh, overload and uh, constant stimulation. So finding ways to sort of minimize the stimulation and sort of get some respite from it. Uh, branded utility is the idea that good brands are finding the ways, finding new ways to provide uh, their potential customers with genuine value at critical points in their lives and that they're rewarded with loyalty and uh, more use. And then the one that I really liked was lovable uh, lovable unfer- unperfection, uh, which is sort of the idea that if it's too perfect, people almost question its authenticity. And if there's a little bit of an edge, a little bit of an uh, unperfection to it, that's something that many people are seeking uh, in a world where a lot of uh, what we're consuming tends to be more polished and, uh, and produced. Particularly interesting when you're talking about video because frequently the aspiration in video is to make it perfect. And uh, I think it also resonated with me when we think about live. You know, like we're live almost by its nature, I'd argue podcasting, although this one is obviously it's pretty good. This one is perfect. But, uh, but like those mediums, live streaming, uh, live online, uh podcasting lend themselves more to authenticity and maybe a little more unperfection that uh we hope at least is lovable.
1: Is is that deliberately unperfect is del- deliberately not imperfect? Like that was intentional. That's like yes that's a wink in its own name.
2: Yes. He's uh He's a philologist mm. this this guy. So like he he's an ex Ogilvy guy. Mm-hmm. So I think words matter. Yeah. Ogilvy's big advertising Yeah. said that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, advertising agency. So like his big one of the big uh And a philologist is someone who phil loves, loves log words. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. A, lingu- a linguist straight to the roots. Yeah, you did. You uh you broke it down. Yeah. I broke it down. But um but yeah, so uh he talks specifically about uh, being very thoughtful and uh, careful with your language. And that's very much part of his process. So like, if you look at the non-obvious trends, he typically has uh, a very concise set of words that are associated with the trends. So I think when he said lovable, unperfection, was perhaps being too cute. Again, Rohit, if you're listening, we'd still love you here, but yeah. he, he was being he was being a little bit cute, but I think it's also, Unperfection as opposed to imperfection. Unperfection is less perfect than imperfection mm. because it's not really a word, right?
1: Right. Yeah, that's yeah. the wink. That's the wink yeah. in it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said were there, there were 15 of them? There, there were, were. So so, it, so I was reading your notes because this is like a little. Yeah, a little I'm quoting you quo. yeah. uh, from. So you shared your notes and they're, they're, they're great, by the way. Yeah. And you include slideies. I bunch, did at I mean, the bottom. Screenshots yeah. of like photo, iPhone camera. Yeah. It's like a slide.
2: selfie that you don't point at yourself, but instead you point at a big slide that's projected. Somewhere. Right. There's
1: a slidey. Yeah. Um, so you included those. But you sort of petered off after number seven. At least I only got your your notes through seven.
2: He only chose to focus on seven. Oh, got it. Okay. So like, Tho- if,
1: These were the seven. Yeah. So the, if you
2: get yeah. his book, and I think there were little flyers for his book there that had all 15, uh, but I didn't get into, he didn't talk about them as part of the keynote. Like these were the seven. Well, you left me wanting more. So yeah. I think
1: that your notes and Rohit both yeah. worked.
2: Yeah. 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 We try.
1: Was yeah. there one of these seven that he did cover that you thought was most noteworthy? Because they're a favorite of the seven that you have.
2: I, I was really, I mean, I, I thought the um, fierce femininity, I thought was quite interesting. Although that that's almost obvious at this point from my perspective. Just he used the example of the the State Street Consulting, yep. uh, you know, fierce girl statue across from the bull at Wall, Wall Street, which is getting a lot of press. I didn't know that the, the Iron Man... Uh, The new Iron Man is a 15-year-old African-American girl. Mm. Uh, So I didn't realize Marvel was sort of moving in that direction. Uh, Wonder Woman is out this summer. Uh, I think there's just generally speaking a movement towards uh, fierce femininity. And um, I thought it was interesting as uh, from like a learning perspective, uh, you know, what what does that mean for us? Uh, And it's something we've talked a lot, talked about a lot around you know, girls who code and, uh, you know, trying to extend STEM and STEAM, uh, particularly to those groups who maybe haven't traditionally been thought of as STEM and STEAMers. So, so I thought that one was quite interesting. Um, I definitely thought uh, the lovable unperfection, um, the examples he used were Uggs and Crocs, which are Uggs is based on slang from Australia, that means, Ugly. Correct. Yeah. We're on fire. On yeah. These ding, things. ding. But, um, and, uh, Crocs are also based on an animal that lives in Australia <laughs> that's called true. the alligator. The alligator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he also talked about the Hans Brinker budget hotel in Amsterdam, which I thought was pretty funny. So they market themselves as the worst budget hotel in the world. <laughs> and all of their, all of their rooms are adorned with like, uh, like paper uh, signs that show what they might have had if they were a nicer, uh, <laughs> if they were a nicer hotel. That's good. And they wind up getting a lot of, uh, you know, young uh, budget hotel seekers who uh, are sort of in on the joke. And he did talk a lot about uh, helping the audience get in on the joke and sort of making yourself more accessible uh, by leveraging that lovable on perfection. I think when we do it best, uh, when we're teaching, that does happen. Many of our, many of our faculty are just, you know, accessible, lovable people, yeah. and they're not coming across as sort of this luminary who's imparting from the the head of Zeus or Athena. It's more just an accessible, cool person who's trying to connect with with an audience to help them perform better. So um, I both liked the turn of phrase of lovable on perfection, but I actually think. Uh, It's an interesting counter uh, trend. And that was the one thing when I got a chance to talk to him a bit. Um, It's something we've talked about a bit on this show is that uh, it's not quite Newtonian, but when a trend emerges, there's frequently some kind of counter trend that emerges uh, to respond. And I think a lot of the non-obvious trends frequently are not the, the first push, but it's more trying to get in on the counter push so that you're, sort of ahead and you're identifying things on the upswing. Uh, I did talk to him briefly about the Gartner hype cycle Mm. and uh, I couldn't tell if he wasn't particularly aware or wasn't particularly interested. Yeah. But but it was was definitely one of the two. Uh, Either that or the band had started playing. So Mm. it was a little harder uh, to, to, to hear each other. Right. But, uh, but yeah, no, I thought that one was, uh, that one I thought was quite interesting. And then I did like the, um, the Desperate Detox. Uh,
1: which... if that's the one I would have paid to you as liking. <laughs> you, you, you're uh, <laughs> off the grid, uh, tech, yeah. re- tech rejector. Right. Wanted to go live Primordial yeah. Savannah. Yes. Um, yes. Wanted to, to, to commune with your roots. Yeah.
2: Primordial Savannah is really nice this time of year. It <laughs> sure yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but they talked about Slow TV, which is really interesting. I don't know if you've heard of Slow TV. Slow TV is this thing in Norway where they film things that take a really long time Mm -hmm. to happen. One of them, they spent 12 hours filming a fireplace. It was kind of like the Yule log. Right. Uh, Another one was... We should tell them we already got there. (laughs) We've been rocking that at Christmas for years. There was another one. I think that one's on a loop though, because he was talking about how he spent uh, a couple hours watching the fire. And then when someone reached in, you know, about two hours in to poke... The log with a poker. He was blown away by how amazed and delighted he was by that phenomenon. And then he had to reflect on it, like, "I'm amazed by somebody poking yeah. a log. Like, yeah. what the hell's going on? Yeah, he's you know? he's an easy target. <laughs> yeah. But then the other thing that was huge over there, like they they followed um, a train across the Norwegian countryside. They followed boats, just sort of uh, going fjord to fjord. Uh, Fjord Explorers. Fjord, yes, yeah.
1: exactly. That's, that's right. But um,
2: but it became a phenomenon, and it's one of those things where it's, you know, in a, you know, rapid cycle, rapid fire uh, world of media consumption. It's not so rapid fire. Yeah, yeah. It's a and slow it, fire, right? It's, a, it's yeah. a slow fire. And, like, it's it's something, uh, I think frequently there, there are those unmet needs when something, something becomes so ubiquitous, everyone's seeing it all the time that there's almost a desire, not just from uh, so-called Luddites like myself, <laughs> uh, but I think from just about everybody to kind of get back to do something more basic and something more um, genuine. Uh, and I think that was a pretty consistent trend uh, that was talked about, not just in, in, uh, in that session, but really throughout. And um, it is interesting as marketers and video producers get more and more sophisticated, um, they almost have to uh, unlearn a lot of the techniques that they learned first to become effective marketers. So I thought that was that was just sort of an interesting trend uh, throughout. Um, how about you, Dan? What did uh, what uh, what was resonant uh,
0: with you? The the desperate detox stands out to me too, with the idea of getting out uh, of, of our technology, but also being able to plug back in when you get back. So it's the idea of having that ability to clear your mind, but also reattach and, and get back into it, maybe be better off for it, having gotten out of, out of it for a little while. Looking at his overall 15, uh, from an education standpoint, I think the preserved past is a really intriguing one uh, that talks about uh, being able to bring things to life. You know, the idea of uh, the example he gave over on uh, his LinkedIn post about it uh, was technology offers new ways for us to preserve history, changing the way that we learn from experience and preserve the past. He said holographic projection of a Holocaust survivor brings the past to life and the idea of how this could really change the way we learn, the way we interact with media and the way we uh, go about uh, experiencing things you know and uh he also talks a little bit it seems mike about tactile reassurance in one of his trends which i know mm-hmm. is something that uh you're, you're a big fan of but uh, see if i can find the the right name a oh, precious print was one of them that the uh that the things that are actually printed, things that aren't on your digital screens, things that aren't on your phone, things that you actually get to interact with will become that much more important uh, mm. this year and in the future, which to your point, uh, uh, half jokingly, but have uh, more more seriously here that the things that can ground us and keep us sort of uh, outside uh, the technology uh, can really help us move forward. And, and he on the LinkedIn article uh, buckets that in the education space as well, which uh, I think is a, a good point by him. But all of this is is really great. And I think, to your point uh, overall, is sort of the other side of the pendulum swing, the, uh, you know, the other pieces that could happen. And uh, to his credit, I think a lot of these are non-obvious. Agree with your point that fierce femininity might be one that is becoming more obvious to uh, the average viewer of, of what's going on in business and in culture around the world and, and here in the United States. Brandon, any standout to you or any that from a, a simple perusal here of the ones that Mike shared that you'd want to learn more about or dive into deeper?
1: I mean, we've talked about most of the ones that I find interesting. Plus um, a plus one to fierce feminine, femininity. I think that is Uh, You know, that's already a trend that maybe is less non obvious, but I think it may not be obvious how much more of a trend that's going to be. And um, I'm obviously, as a proud dad uh, and just a person of the world, um, very happy about that. Um, More than half our population should be even fiercer. Um, I like invisible technology. I think that's a real thing. I think that invisible technology may obviate some desperate detox if we have fewer screens Mm -hmm. and it's sort of less... Uh, evident that, you know, now I'm going to engage with technology for mm-hmm. something, um, mm-hmm. that that may mean that we can get some of our, uh, lives back. Um,
2: are you saying that robots will not be noticeable as robots? Or... They're going to be invisible robots. Okay. Invisible robots. Yeah. I like that. Well, if you're going to design a robot, you should give it invisibility as right. one
1: of its abilities. Sure.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think yeah, this this is uh, this is a good list. And and I I'm uh, as someone who p- participates in a weekly podcast about trends in education, I, I like thinking about uh, trends in sort of technology design, the human mm-hmm. human UX, uh, human experience, HX. Yeah. Um, and uh, ones that maybe not so evident. Uh, so I'm I, I think this is good. I'm I'm glad you guys went and and uh, excited to have have partook in the uh, the reading of the notes um <laughs> uh, sort of uh uh stream of consciousness live stream of consciousness yeah yeah should we go with that sure um so it was uh, it was good so thanks
2: yeah no problem
0: Mike, with, with this context to close here, with the context of what uh, Rohit did and, and his uh, Blockbuster uh, keynote at the end, did it frame the, the conference at all differently for you or did it help tie together any of the things you experienced in other sessions or vendors you met or other uh, conference goers that you got to talk to? Uh, did it help tie things together or, or was it simply, you know, was it just a good uh, keynote that you, you wanted to research a little bit further?
2: Uh, I, I think it, it definitely hit close to home as a as someone who's been focusing on the future. I did. I thought his point about um, about futurists uh, and when you ask a futurist, you know, were you right? Their answer is either yes or not yet. And I thought that was uh, that was an interesting point for us in that. Um, you know, figuring out what our time window is and how we measure whether we're right or wrong. I, I thought there was some stuff we could learn from his process, which we could probably go into more depth, especially if we get him on the show downstream, which would be great. Um, I don't know how much it tied stuff together. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they closed the day with non-obvious trend spotting, uh, followed by uh, cocktail hours. So I think it was more like a good way to uh, to sort of seed some conversations and get people thinking um anytime you go to a conference you're trying to get out ahead of what's coming so i thought it was helpful uh from that perspective but i found it to be a little bit different from the rest of the conference which was more specifically about video and more specifically about like future uses and um a lot of stuff around monetization of video and uh you know, advertising within video, which is something that your media companies and your digital marketers spend a lot more time on. Um, but overall, I, th- I thought it was definitely great to get out there and, uh, and learn. And I, w- I thought the added benefit for the show was that we ran into uh, a trends, trend curator in the process. So, uh, so I think that helped us come up with some stuff to talk about
0: great stuff as always from brandon and mike you can find us on twitter at trending in ed same on facebook at trending and trending in ed.com uh, more topics coming in the future if there's one you specifically want us to talk about feel free to reach out to us on trending ed on twitter uh, and let us know what you're looking to hear from mike brandon and myself we'll be back next week with the latest edition of trending in education